Grant and Danny, the stretch run. Final furlong on the fan, as promised. Caller number 10 at 800-636-1067. Congrats. You've won a family four-pack of tickets to experience the best lacrosse in the world this President's Day weekend. PLL returning to the St. James in Springfield for the 2024 Championship Series. See the top four teams of the regular season battle in six-on-six competition. They've got daily back-to-back games. For tickets and more event information, go to thefandc.com slash events. Congratulations to our winner. It is Valentine's Day. Got a Valentine's Day-themed topic I wanted to bring up with you. Okay. We'll do that at the very end of the show, at the very end of the segment. But first, we've got business to tend to. Our buddy... Ben Standing of The Athletic joins us now. Ben, it looks like the coaching staff is almost entirely complete and hired for Dan Quinn. Three more hirings today, including Anthony Lynn coming over from San Francisco to be the run game coordinator. He's been a head coach for four years, an OC who's called plays. What do you make of that hiring? Yeah, um, first off, glad uh, I'm with you guys on Valentine's Day as the, uh, you know, as a good case. Mm-hmm. Um, no other way we'd rather have it. That's why we did it, Ben. Yeah, no, I, I understand. understand. Um, yeah, I mean, look, you know, now that Dan Quinn is in charge, we're all trying to figure out, okay, what's his staff going to look like? He is clearly leaning into having some experienced voices. You know, Ron Rivera, when he brought on Jack Del Rio, said he, he learned from Carolina that it's good to have a former head coach on staff. Well, Dan Quinn now has two in Cliff Kingsbury and Anthony Lynn, both on the offensive side. You know, Lynn is typically known as his for his team's uh, aiding the run. Kingsbury obviously has got that air raid offense, so it'll be interesting to see how those two uh, kind of blend together, along with Brian Johnson, not a head, not a former head coach, but was an OC last year with the Eagles. So you know, they've got. Uh, you know, a, a pretty notable uh, trio there. Uh, hopefully that works. You know, Carolina last year brought together sort of a starry offensive staff and everything completely fell apart. I'm not saying that will be the case here, but uh, it'll be interesting to see how these guys blend together. Uh, but yeah, Lynn, a uh, former head coach with the Chargers, has been in OC at a couple spots and obviously was just with the 49ers. So, yeah, so, so, some another notable name for the staff. The toughest one to see the vision on is Bobby Johnson, offensive line coach, uh, coming from the Giants offensive line, which was, you know, frankly, terrible. Um, now, it's impossible to pin everything on him or not, but just by association, the other guys that were sort of lauding, that one I'm having a tougher time. I'm wondering what the, what the thought process is there and maybe how does that marry sort of between the, the, the other guys that you mentioned here, whether it's Lynn, you know, maybe Tavita Pritchard, Brian Johnson, and then, of course, King, Kingsbury. So in terms of uh, Johnson, the offensive line coach, I, I just thought of this, and maybe it's because I'm talking to you, Danny, a Wizards person. Mm-hmm. I'm going to hope that it reminds me of the of Randy Whitman's <laughs> trajectory with the Wizards. Yeah. What Randy Whitman got when he was went from being named the interim to the head coach, at that time he had the worst winning percentage of any coach in the history of the NBA with a certain amount of uh, games. But he coached some really lousy teams, obviously, and. You know, it's kind of like, oh, really? Why are you bringing it? Why even promote this guy? Well, then it turned out Randy Whitman was maybe the best head coach they had for the past, you know, 
15 years or so, which maybe is a low bar, but he obviously became successful. Sometimes it's not always about the results. Sometimes it's about the situation. So I'm guessing that Dan Quinn, having coached against Johnson the last couple of years in the NFC East, not to mention, you know, Johnson's been around the league, that he sees more there than what the numbers that we all look at. Uh, I'm a little puzzled by why, say, a guy like Evan Neal, who was the number seven pick in the draft uh, for the Giants two years ago, has yet to sort of even become a viable starter in any position. Is that on Johnson? Is that on the front office for making a bad pick? So I I can't say, but that's my hope. I would imagine that's their thought that there's more here than just what the 85 sacks last year uh, showed. Would you agree that that's the most head-scratching of the hirings? Yeah, for sure, on the surface. I mean, Cliff Kingsbury, I think, is a little bit polarizing just because, I don't know, the, you know he's one of those guys that people kind of either love or loathe uh, to a degree, and the, the numbers are kind of all over the place for him. But, yeah, I would say so. I mean, you know, look, we'll, we'll see over time, right? Like, for example, like defensive line, Daryl Tapp, who played here in 2013, is being promoted – from offense, from assistant D-line coach with the 49ers to the D-line coach here. Is he up to the task? I, I couldn't tell you. We'll see. So on the surface, the, the, the O-line hire is certainly the one that is the most curious. But some of these other ones, you know, this time will tell. Uh, you know, it's just, we just don't have enough data right now. Ben Standing of The Athletic here on Grant and Danny. To that point, you know, we talked earlier, we took a bunch of calls to people feel better about the the offensive or defensive staff. I'm really excited about the defensive side. We can get to that in a minute. But if we just zero in on Kingsbury for a second, there's no questioning the experience, right? Head coach as an OC, play caller as a pass game guy, head coach as a run game guy. But all three of those guys have varying levels of kind of backlash, right? I mean, I like the roles they're currently in. But in some ways, they failed in the jobs that they had. And in Lynn's case, as a coordinator, he lost his play calling to Ben Johnson. Brian Johnson was kind of being run out of Philadelphia. I like that hire a lot, for the record, as a pass game guy. And then Kingsbury, we saw what happened in Arizona. How much of a risk do you think they're taking in going with like these big names for sure, but guys where the names have been a little bigger than maybe the production? Yeah, I mean, look, I think in each case, all of them are a spot below where they were at those previous stops, right? I mean, Kingsbury, not the head coach, the OC. Brian Johnson doesn't have a definitive title. I'll assume it'll be pass game coordinator, but that's different than being the OC. Oh, is he, has Lynn, he not you know, been named the pass game coordinator yet? I keep saying he is. He has not. I mean, officially nothing has been happened after the Kingsbury and Quinn. That's a good point. Hires, yeah. Right? So nothing is official, and even though you know we're reporting on things, you know, I suspect some things could still be in flux, um, but nonetheless, um, you know, all, all they're all doing jobs a step below where they were last year. So I would have to think that that's, you know, a reasonable thing, right? I mean, Brian Johnson was viewed pretty positively as the QB coach for Jalen Hurts the year prior, and then last year things just completely fell apart for whatever, what you know, for whatever the reason. The Eagles had a lot going wrong for them. Um, so yeah, I mean, look, I agree with you. They're not getting guys coming off of upswings. But, you know, sometimes you, you've, you've got to take that dip in order to, you know, to, to rebound again. I mean, obviously that's kind of the hope of Dan Quinn, right? I mean, as, as a head coach at least, uh, you know, a 500 record with Atlanta goes to Dallas. 
finds his uh, way again as a coordinator. And now the hope is, you know, he's learned lessons from what happened that first time in Atlanta to, to bring here. So, you know, kind of a same logic, I guess, would apply across the board. And, uh, you know, look, Kingsbury is obviously going to be a huge deal. I'm, I'm actually curious also, you know, all these different, you know, Kingsbury, Johnson, Tavita Pritchard stays around. You know, they're all going to be tasked with coaching whoever this quarterback is going to be. You know, how do you blend those, uh, you know, th- those ideas, those systems together? Um, you know, I think that's going to be a huge deal as well. Our buddy Ben standing with us here on G&D. Larry Izzo, kind of under the radar hire, doesn't you know excite people to, uh, tremendously, the special teams coordinator, but pretty good pedigree here. Uh, with apologies to Chris Russell, sounds like it might be an upgrade over his boy Nate Katzer. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I mean, look, obviously he, Izzo was one of the better special teams players in league history. Uh, you know, won Super Bowls with the Patriots. Uh, his teams in Seattle, special teams in Seattle, were consistently ranked top 10 or, you know, among the better special teams in the league. The, uh, the, the Seahawks obviously made their own coaching changes uh, this offseason, and that freed Izzo up. So Washington was fortunate to grab him. I say fortunate because, you know, I, it does seem like a pretty good hire. You know, Nate Katzer, look, obviously I think he's, he was one of the better coaches for this franchise the last, you know, five, six years. He was a holdover from Jay Gruden. But, you know, last year was a bit spottier for sure between Cameron Cheeseman. Um, you know, things fell apart towards the end of the year. Joey Sly was okay, but he still ranked near the bottom of the league in field goal percentage. So it was probably time to, to make a change there. And Izzo is certainly a more than qualified hire at that spot. Ben Standing of The Athletic on G&D on a big day for Commander's News, taking out a shovel and getting to the bottom of it with us. Uh, how about Adam Peters hiring Lance Newmark as his assistant GM, 28-year experienced executive in the NFL, had been helping the Lions with their draft and free agency over the last few years. Yeah, it's sort of a, an interesting hire. There's no obvious connection between Peters and Newmark other than just having been around the league together. And, uh, you know, Peter said it's somebody he's really respected uh, during his time as a scout and an, and an executive. Uh, it's interesting, right, because Peters obviously likes Newmark. Newmark and Martin Mayhew overlapped for 15 years in Detroit, including eight with Mayhew as GM. And, of course, Mayhew and Peters were together for four years in San Francisco. Mayhew is getting a new title. He's staying around. So, you know, sort of like how we're talking about on the coaching staff, you know, there's a lot of how, you know, new faces for each other, not just for us, but for each other. How does that work? Here, the top of the front office are guys who all know each other clearly, um, and I, you know, hopefully that's a good that's a good opportunity and a good blend that these guys are, uh, you know, going to be able to uh, be, be cohesive and sort of be on the same page, know each, know how each other's work. I, I, you know, Newmark's been there for twenty in Detroit for twenty six years, and obviously the Lions are pretty miserable for most of that time. They have been uh, much better lately. Needless to say, their draft were really good the last couple of years with Brad Holmes atop uh, of that. So, you know, if he's been around for that long one way or the other, you have to think he's he learned a thing or two. Peters clearly likes him. I've heard maybe a month ago that he was a name to keep an eye on. So clearly Peters had, had strong thoughts on him. And, uh, you know, now he's got a new voice. And, and I think this is also important. Even though May he was staying and Peters knows him, it now gives him another voice 
that he can feel really comfortable about. It's a weird dynamic in the front office because I don't know if everybody is going to stay past the draft, you know, scouts or some of the other executives. So now he has – Peters now has a voice or another person he can really lean on be a true confidant um, because he knows Newmark's going to be sticking around. Yeah, Ben, you limited my question here. That's the most exciting part to me. Not I mean, Newmark, by the way, is qualified, as you said – there's a good cologne from Detroit now. That's good. I'm, I'm in favor of it. But mostly because it now moves the Martys down the bench. Like, that's the part. I, I know you guys are adults as reporters, and you deal with these folks, you know, every day. I know me, and I think probably a lot of fans are apoplectic that yes men from Ron are holding over. Decision makers that are pumping their fists that Emmanuel Forbes is there in the draft are still there influencing things. Martin Mayhew's conducting head coaching interviews, for goodness sakes. That's the most exciting part to me is those guys are down the bench. What do you think the future of the holdovers is? Is it they're just under contract, so low rights and reports? Or is Martin Mayhew part of the furniture here? Is he the right-hand man now or you know, maybe the left-hand man uh, for Fred and Peters going forward? Is this a short-term thing because they're already being paid? Or are these, these guys going to be here, do you think, along with the scouts and otherwise? Yeah. Um, my, my, my read on the situation is I think Marty Herney is here through the draft and then he moves on to the next stage of his career or what have you. Um, Mayhew I, is staying. That my, my understanding is he will be here longer term. I mean, he actually got an actual title today. I, I mean, it's some sort of one of these generic kind of senior personnel executive, something like that. But but Herney is just being uh, named uh, an advisor. advisor or something yeah. like, like like yeah, whatever. I, I, something pretty generic. I don't think he's long for this. Um, you know, Mayhew. It's unusual to have somebody have a essentially a title demotion and yet stay. But the reality is, and I wrote about this in my season-ending piece on the whole Ron Rivera era, is that Mayhew's GM was sort of title only. We knew Rivera had final say in personnel, and over time he just continued seemed to lean on Herney more than Mayhew. So I don't think this is going to be uh, an issue for Mayhew and. Look, uh, again, similar to what we said before about the offensive coaches, maybe not coming in on an upswing, he's not being asked to have final say here or be even really necessarily the main person. This is why you bring in Adam Peters, but he'll be there. Adam Peters trusts him. I think Martin Mayhew is a really good person. And, you know, clearly Peters, from their time together, trusts him, respects him. And, you know, based on that, that should be fine. But, yeah, I think – and beyond that, you know, I think it's I think this this whole draft process and free agency was basically going to be a tryout for the guys like Eric Stokes, Chris Polian, the Tim Gribble, scouts. Like, you know, this is for Adam Peters to get a look and see what they all can do. Ben, before we let you go, I'm going to give you four options as it pertains to the number two pick. I want you to divvy up a hundred percent between the the four options, okay? So that they would be trade up. Trade back, stay put, take a quarterback, stay put, take a non-quarterback. You got a hundred percent to divvy up four ways. Uh, stay put, take a non-quarterback is a zero percent for me. Um, I, I, you know, I'm I, I, only because I guess I just don't think the Bears are going to move. I, I just going to put the trading up to like twenty percent. I mean, I. I would seriously consider it, but I just don't know how much time I want to waste if the Bears aren't going to budge. Uh, so I would, and I'd probably go ten percent trade back. I would at least be intrigued to know what I could get. 
And then, yeah, the rest of it, whatever that, whatever, 70, 70% t- taking a quarterback at two. I think right now I lean Daniel, but I'm definitely not. Yeah, I'm, I'm not there yet between him or, or, or May. And well, when you say you lean Daniels, put... to be clear, are you saying like Ben Standing scouting service, or are you saying what you think they'll do? Oh, uh, yeah, more – I don't even want to say what I think they will do, just more of in talking to people generically and reading what I can about the draft so far. I'm just kind of vibing more on the Jaden Daniels uh, season that he had versus Drake May, and maybe that's some – Sam Howe biased working against May or, you know, whatever. But, uh, yeah, Daniels to me feels the more interesting piece at the moment. So I would lean him, but I'm not there yet definitively saying uh, Daniels over May. Benjamin, thank you as always, buddy. Happy Valentine's Day to you. From Grant and Danny and Harris and also Ryan. Oh, I mean, dude, by the way, Ryan, that, that guy's got to have 12 dates tonight, right? I mean, he's, he looks so much, he looks so good now. My God. He, I, dude, it's unbelievable. It really is unbelievable. What's happened? Uh, he got called Glenn Powell by one of the girls on the sales staff one time, and that led to like a month of a lot of consternation. Uh, yeah, it's it's everyone's fighting for his attention over on the other side of the building. It's unbelievable. Well, if he can get Sydney Sweeney's attention, that Glenn Powell thing is going to look really good. So good call by that person. Sydney Sweeney's, she's got my attention. She's a great actress. Uh, Ryan's been referring to himself as Glenn walking around yeah. lately, which is a little much to deal with, to be honest with you. He's getting very upset for some reason. That that's un untrue. I do not call myself Glenn. You Obviously. ask us to call you Glenn. No, no, no. You would never, never refer true. to yourself. Like, you true. call me that. Wrong. People know Wrong. that we're having a little fun. Wrong. We're just they, funning. You only ask us to call you Glenn on Fridays before you go out. Ben, thank you. See we ben. appreciate you. See you guys. Look what Ben started, by the way. Yeah. I blame Ben for all that. That was a Ben production. Uh, Ryan he was not it. enjoying that. He day. didn't have a good time just his now. His hair's all messed up. I, I didn't turn around, hair. but I could hear him. I, I could hear movement behind me through the glass. That's how I, not even like the, the exclamations of upset. Like Guys, I could hear him flailing around. You have nothing to worry about. They don't listen to our show, okay? <laughs> don't worry about the other side of the building and how they feel. That's a good bit, right? Come on. <laughs> that was very funny. Thank you. I, I snarfed my uh, tea there for a second. Uh, mm. All right. A couple of things. Number one, what do you know about side-by-side toilets? I remember SNL did a great ad parody called The Love Toilet one okay. time in the 90s, and it was hilarious. So this is a real thing, apparently. I That's saw this no circulating on Instagram Mm-mm. because it's Valentine's Day. Yeah. And it's two toilets. Looks like they share kind of an armrest facing in different directions side-by-side. What do you think about that? Seriously, SNL did this forever ago. This, but this is a real thing now. Yeah, this is a double toilet. Does it look like this? Can you see this picture, the one in the middle? And not exactly, but similar. But enough. similar idea, yeah. where it's like you're not facing the same direction, but you can gaze yeah, into each other's eyes. Different ways. Yeah. You, you can put your arm up and hold hands if you want to. The love toilet. What's your policy in the bathroom? Like, if if you are in the shower or vice versa, does the can the wife go into the bathroom or do anything else? Yes, totally fine by me. Whatever okay. you got to do is fine. But but vice versa. This is going to get awkward. No problem. We're adults. I'm fine. I'm not right. going to throw a hissy fit like Ryan did. Are you okay with some? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just funning. I'm just funning. That's all. That's tough. I'm just funning. Oh, man. He's just funning. I'm just funning. Don't worry. I'm uh, just funning, Glenn. What's your policy on? So you're not bothered if someone comes in and goes number two. I don't care. Really? I don't care at all. I don't care. That's tough. I don't care. Now we're not there. We've only been married six years. Well, the, the, but the we're reversal, not that game. the reversal's not true. In other words, 
if my wife is showering, there's a force field. And it's like start seven feet from the bathroom. Right. Do not bother this person that gets no serenity, if, no calm, no just, nothing. She's at the sink. She's doing makeup removal or whatever. Can you go in and, and have a seat? No. If also, she's using the bathroom, go away. Is there a door away. that closes in the bathroom? So like my bathroom. No, there's no second door. There's no second door. That's an important caveat. That is a big distinction. So what if there's a second door? Because like in our bathroom, we got the his and her sinks with yep. the shower and all that. Mm-hmm. Kind of a nice big open bathroom. And we've got a tiny little... Probably the size of like three three airport uh, airplane bathrooms. It's like a little nook, and it's but there's a door. It opens and closes. Mm-hmm. You can turn the fan on, whatever. That's Does a tough it, little isolation room there. That, that is. <laughs> Does it change the, anything for you? Not for me. I I don't. Again, I don't care. Anybody. If I'm showering, you got to come brush your teeth. You got to put your makeup on. You got to go. Whatever you got to do, it's fine. You are not to disturb my wife when she's in the restroom. Okay. That's that is a hard and fast rule. All three boys in the house abide by it, or they, we try to. We try to enforce that. There's this person gets zero time away for three people that she has to take care of all the time. Yeah, please don't bother. If she's taking a shower, it's because she needs it. You Ryan, know what I mean? Do you guys have two bedrooms in your apartment or one? Yes, we do have two bedrooms. Well, I, that was a dumb question. I, I knew you, that would be awkward yeah, if you had yeah. one bedroom. I meant two bathrooms. To be clear, no, we actually we have one bathroom. So you do share a bathroom. We share a bathroom. Mm. How's that working out? Uh, it's going well. I mean, so far we haven't had any multiple emergencies at once, but I'm sure that will happen at one point. But there've been emergencies there, but not at the same time. I don't know, man. Is there a bathroom in the lobby? That's where that emergency has to be. Yeah. We keep air spray in there and a candle. So I don't think you can have an emergency like Ryan and his roommate. Yeah. One can't be in the shower and the other one goes, Hey, now or never, buddy. I don't think you can do that. But, but in, in most buildings, especially semi newer ones. The lobby bathrooms are underused and I think, silly. But a lot of these apartment buildings, there's no bathroom right down there that they're going to let people use. Well, no, we do have some in the weight room there, but like it's a little bit of a walk. So you have to go downstairs and you have to walk about a block around the corner, and then you get into the lobby. It's tough. So if you guys get back from a bar at the same time, both of you need to make a play. How is it paper, rock, scissors? What are we doing here? It's first come, first serve. That's tough. It's been a long time since I had to share a bathroom with roommate. With like a buddy. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard. Well, then you notice habits too. Like when I was living with living with friends, where it's like my my buddy, one of my best pals, I never would have known this about him. He's a really heavy TP user. We're we're running through rolls like every other day. I'm like, dude. I use a lot of TP. What, 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 I don't want to ever risk the tear. I understand. No one We're, wants to tear. I'm folding it over a couple times. I'm I'm full. I'm in favor of the Sam fold. My point is, like, I, I'm the one. It was my like we divvied up assignments, right? I'm the one that's buying the toilet paper. I'm like, dude, I'm spending time and a half on on toilet paper here. We got to find a different plan. We got we got to. Can you can you have some road games once or twice a week so that I can afford to to go out and have a beer on on Friday? It's a lot. A couple of things before we get out of here. First, we've got overtime tonight with Toby Altizer. Tobias. A brand new episode of Bustin' Loose Baseball dropped. Nats podcast, day one of spring training. And I got to commend and shout out Darius, who jumped in and filled in for your boy. Yeah. Weak pipes. I, yeah. I got to save mm-hmm. my uh, ammunition for the radio program, right? So Darius and Toby did a bang up podcast. So go check out Bustin' Loose. I'll tweet out the link here in just a moment. And we did not talk about this today because, frankly, we just didn't have enough details. We didn't know exactly what had happened. But we'd be remiss if we did not mention that we're thinking about the people in Kansas City. Absolutely. Uh, the families that have been affected by, if, if you're just getting in your car, you don't know. 
at the very end of the Chiefs Super Bowl parade today, tragedy struck when there was a mass shooting. And it sounds like upwards of 15 people got shot and were injured. Uh, One has died. And there are others in critical condition. And I just saw the most devastating and gut-wrenching thing about this entire horrendous situation that according to Mercy Hospital in Kansas City, 11 of 12 patients they're treating are children. And, uh, you know, if you're not a parent and you hear that, that will stop in your tracks and ruin your night and beyond. If you're a parent, that is just, there, there aren't words. Yeah, it's unfaceable. Um, yeah. So all I can say is that uh, we're thinking about the people in Kansas City. We didn't break this down all day long. We just didn't have enough information. We don't know exactly what happened. There's still precious little at this point. But it is a real shame that on one of the happiest, most joyous days that a lot of those kids and people have experienced in their life as everyone's throwing their Chiefs jerseys on. Mm-hmm. You were at a Nats and a Caps parade just like I was. Uh-huh. Two of the greatest days of my life where you're hugging strangers and you're high-fiving people you've never met that don't look like you over the bond of sports. We can't even really do that and seemingly get through it without somebody ruining everything. So it's frustrating and it's sad, but uh, we're thinking about Kansas City. That's well said. Yeah, there's very little that we can offer at this point in terms of details. They're still trickling out very, very slowly, uh, understandably, because it's a very serious investigation in real time that everybody's kind of following. But, uh, but yeah, it's just uh, you don't have a, a good enough adjective for it. They're not are good enough words. It's heartbreaking. Tomorrow, 2 o'clock, Solus Outpost. We are live on location. Excited about this. Yes. Uh, big Defenders event tomorrow night that I'm hosting. You mm-hmm. guys can come out to right after our show. During our show, we'll be joined by Daryl Moose Johnston, who is in charge of the UFL football operation, and also Reggie Barlow, the head coach of the Defenders. So if you want to come out, see that interview live, hang out with us tomorrow afternoon, we'll be in the Navy Yard at Solus Outpost. Show starts at 2 o'clock. Yeah, 2 o'clock normal, yeah. Right there at we'll 2 do o'clock. It then. For Darius and for Glenn. Glenn. Grant and Danny saying so long. Thank you for listening. Toby's next. Thank you for coming.